You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Why and Who? Part 3. Enjoy. Again, let's keep worshiping the Lord with His Word. Thank God for Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus. But God has also given us His written Word. And I know the Bible's been mistaught, and I know we don't understand everything in the Bible, but there's things that are very clear, very clear, that we can know and walk in and enjoy for the rest of our lives. So we started, last week was Easter Sunday, had a blast in the presence of the Lord last Sunday. Then we have Barry Bennett here from Andrew Womack Ministries the Sunday before that. But I want to go back to the series we just started before he came at the end of March and beginning of April called Why and Who? All right, we're talking about why Highway Church is here and who we are, all right? I mean, we are on an adventure, and we're going all the way. No matter what it might look like, no matter what anybody says, we're going all the way. We're going all the way. We're taking God at his word every step of the way, and we're not stressed about it. We're going to follow him one day at a time. How about you? Are you going to fulfill your destiny? Maybe too much has happened already. Maybe it's too late. Do you believe that? Of course not. No, too much hasn't happened already. It's not too late. Too much time has not passed. I am. That's the present tense of to be, right? I am. You are. He is, right? Wherever you're at right now, if you'll just engage your heart with his heart, he'll take you there. He'll take you there. So we started, and if you can listen to these messages again, they're all available for free at highwaychurch.us. Just go to our website, click on, if you use iTunes, click on the Apple button. If you don't use iTunes, just click on the podcast button. And all of our messages are there since we started. Okay, so, and so March 26th and April 2nd were the, were the beginning of this series, okay? And we began stocking, talking about, stocking, that would be good. We began stocking the neighborhood. Yeah. We began talking about uh, why we're here. I mean, why start another church? There's already a bunch of them, right? Well, I want you to grab a hold of this to realize what you're a part of and to realize why we're doing what we're doing. We are providing a place where people can come and hear the Bible taught not based on man's religious tradition. Not based on man's philosophies and ideas, but based on the person and ministry of Jesus Christ. Man, that's huge. And you'll see a difference. In other words, we're not trying to give people our own social political ideas on that, okay? We're not trying to get people to be part of, of some man-made organization. We want people to experience Christ. Now, so I don't want to give you my version of Jesus, and I don't want your version of Jesus, okay? I want the real Jesus. And God is so good to us, he's been recorded. The best recording you'll ever hear or read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. The first five books of the New Testament. Everything you need to know about the will, character, and nature of God, you'll find in Jesus. 
And you don't have to take my word for it. You can read the first five books of the New Testament yourself and the epistles following. All right? So that's why we're here. Jesus, I, I, I just feel like I can't get enough of him. You know, I want more of him. And I like to read his ministry because far too often the Bible is taught in churches through the distorted lens of man's religious tradition. And as a result, people are looking for more, and they, th don't, they don't think it's in Christ because they haven't been told of the abundant life he's come to give them. Man's religion has put it off to heaven or put it in the past when the apostles were here. But it's now. Okay, now's the time to be whole. Now's the time to lay hands on the sick. Now's the time to raise the dead. Okay, this is the time. And Jesus loved people. And the people that actually got him upset were the religious leaders. Not all of them, but some of them. Those, he said, who are teaching uh, for doctrine the tradition of men. Guess what? That's happening today in many churches. People are teaching for doctrine uh, the traditions of men instead of the character and nature of Jesus. That's why we're here, to provide a place where people can come and know him as he is, all right? There are three things we like to talk about at Highway Church, who God really is, what he's already done for us in Christ, and who we are in Christ, okay? Who he really is, what he's already, not going to do, already done. It's called the finished work of Christ. And who we are now in Christ. If you'll learn those three things, say bye-bye to lack, poverty, confusion, depression, sickness, and hello, abundant life. It is these three things. If you'll have the knowledge of these three things, your entire life will change. And you will begin fulfilling the destiny God has for you. So you can know about God. You can know, yes, his name is Jesus. Yes, the Bible is a word of God. But never experience him. Or experience very little of him. Because we don't want to know about him. We want to know him. All right? That's why I married my wife. I didn't want to know about her. I wanted to know her. That's eternal life, Jesus said, that they might know you as a husband knows his wife. All right? That's why we're here. We want people to know. People need to hear the good news about who God really is, about what he's already done for us in Christ. Do you know how many prayers are going up around the world and God has already done what they've asked and they just don't know how to walk in it and receive it? And they're, they're pleading for God. They're praying for hours and weeks and months and years with tears and heartache because they don't know what he's already done. Ignorance. God said my people were destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Not chemistry, right? Not nuclear physics. Of who he really is. Of what he's already done for us through Christ. And of who we are now in Christ. So that's why we're here, okay? We talked about that. That's why we were so thankful for Barry Bennett coming. He's from Andrew Womack Ministries, one of the key teachers there, dean of students at Karis Bible College. Andrew Womack Ministries, I highly recommend them. Why? Because they're a ministry that teaches the Bible based on the person and ministry of Jesus, not on man's religious tradition. 
okay? Andrew Womack, Joseph Prince Ministries. Highly recommend them. So thankful for them. Why? Because they're another ministry that teaches the Bible based on the person and ministry of Jesus, not on man's tradition. Kenneth Copeland Ministries, highly recommend them for the same reason. Jeremy Pearson's Ministries, his, his grandson, I like what he says, here's my calling, to preach Jesus. Him we preach, that's, what, that's their motto. I love that. That's all we have for you, just Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's way more than you could ever need. Okay. He applies to, well, I was just talking with someone, actually in another part of the country on the phone, they've gone through a lot, and they haven't heard they haven't understood the fullness of the gospel and they've been battling things he said I, I just feel like i i need something more and 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 they said well you know this person was going through some things they said i feel like god's punishing me for all the things i did and i said listen you don't need anything more you just need to know how good he is god is not this is he thought he was he was going through penance for all the bad things he did i said listen there is no penance jesus took it all jesus took your full penance God's favor is on you now. Through simple faith in Christ, you're free from every sin you've ever committed. And he just kind of didn't know what to do. You know, people have not heard, in most, most cases, the real gospel or the fullness of the gospel. They've heard a lot of religion, a lot of man's ideas. It's time for Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus, the, the risen Messiah, the death-defeating, took all my sins, made me whole Jesus. All right? So that's why we're so thankful for Barry coming. Listen, here's our message at Highway Church, okay? And I know it's not commonly spoken. I know it's, it's highly criticized. God sent his son to make you whole. Now. Today. Wholeness has been provided for you, spirit, soul, and body today. I know it might be shocking. I know the people will say, why does he talk? You know, it, 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 but he has, Okay. Are you ready for this? We have a message. God doesn't make people sick. In fact, God never uses bad things to teach people. People will fight on that one. But I went through this and I went through this and I'm so glad I did. I learned that. Listen, bad, God is not the author of bad things. And we're going to explain this later. I don't want to take too much time on it right now. But Jesus said it very simply. It's the thief that comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. God teaches us through his word and by his spirit. And boy, is that sufficient. All right? Now, there are things I've gone through that were not God's will for my life. God is gracious to try and move and get us out of that and do whatever he can to turn that around. But he didn't cause it. And he didn't allow it. People say, well, he allowed it. No, he didn't. Hang with me. Don't turn me off yet. We're going to get into this a little bit, okay? Because God's will doesn't automatically happen. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you, in Religiousville, there are people are very mad about what I just said. God's will doesn't automatically happen because Satan is the God of this world. Uh-oh. Now hang in there, okay? The Bible teaches that we've been given authority over our own lives, okay? 
and that Satan stole that authority and became the God of this world. But we've been given authority over him through Christ. I don't want to get into this too much. We're going to get into it in just a few minutes, so don't turn me off yet, okay? So that's part of our message. And, and we, we tell people, listen, faith in Christ makes all the difference. That what we say and what we believe matters. It does. It makes all the difference. And faith comes by hearing. If you don't hear the things that I'm saying might be shocking to you. I don't know. There's a lot of people that might be listening here or through the, through the internet or later on through the podcast. But when you begin to hear that Jesus is your now healer, if you'll receive that, faith will come to receive healing. But you have to hear that. Somehow you have to hear that, and that's why we're here. Okay? So that, that's the why. We, we spent two Sundays talking about the why. Let's get into who we are. All right? Stay with me. We're going to talk about God's sovereignty here in just a, just a little bit. We're, who are we at Highway Church? What, what makes us different? Okay? Now I'm going to make a statement, and you say, well, I'd say most, most probably believe this, most Christians. We're people that recognize that Jesus is the will of God in the flesh. Okay? We look to Jesus as the will of God in the flesh. Now, you might say, well, doesn't every Christian believe that? I don't know. Maybe in theory. Certainly not in messages and practice from what I've seen. Let me explain. Let's take a look at this because this is who we are at Highway Church. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. We got up on the screen for you there. Verse 1 through 3. This verse enabled me to, re to begin to receive healing from all of the things that were wrong with me for 20-some years, knowing that Jesus is the will of God in the flesh, no matter what anyone else says, all right? Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, when, when is he talking about? Before Jesus, right? Old covenant, right? In these last days, when is he talking about now? Right after Jesus. Jesus has come. He's spoken to us through him. In these last days, he's spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Look at verse 3. And he is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of of God's nature. Plant that in your heart. Let this guide you in every decision regarding God's will. Why is this verse so important? Because in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, we see the will of God in the flesh in Jesus. He was God's will on two feet. Okay? He was God's will everywhere he went in everything he did. You will not find God in the flesh making one person sick. You will not him find him causing one bad thing to happen to someone to teach them. You won't find it. Why? Because it's not God's will. Ever. Ever. 
It's never God's will for someone to be sick. It's never God's will to have anything stolen, uh, any destruction to come into their lives. It's never God's will. And that might sound shocking because what people have heard from churches is judgment, 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 right? Instead of grace, grace, grace. Instead of the gospel, right? We're not preachers of Moses because the law came through Moses, right? We're preachers of Jesus. Grace and truth came through Jesus. That's John 1.17, I think, right? So we look at Jesus and we see he didn't make anybody sick. He didn't cause bad things to happen. It was just the opposite. He actually healed people. Let's look at John uh, chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus demonstrated to us the will of God. And this is what he said in John 5, 19. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly I say to you. He wants us to grab a hold of this. The Son can do nothing of himself. Unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Wow. That means everything Jesus did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, he did because his Father does it. Stay with me. Hope you haven't turned me off online. John chapter 8, verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Listen, the word of God is so good. There are places in the scriptures where, that give us a summary of the ministry of Jesus. We're going to look at three of them, okay? You'll find that Jesus did three things in his ministry on earth. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Why did he do those? The Father does them. So wherever Jesus is, you're going to find teaching, preaching, and healing. Not judgment, condemnation, and other stuff that people have heard in so many churches. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4. People would be running to church if, they were, if the churches were preaching the good news. That's why people don't want to come. They've been told things that are contrary to the nature of God. And they're, what do I do now? Where do I go? Church is to be a place where people can come and know him, not a system of rules and regulations. Boy, oh boy. It's bubbling up inside of me. Let me give you an example. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew 4 in just a second. Of I mean, how long has America been a nation? Right, 1776, so do the math. It's been a while, right? (laughs) It's been a while. And thank God it's a Christian nation built on Christian principles. There's a lot of stuff that's happened in America that was not God. But, But I'm thankful for the freedom that we have and the gospel that's been preached here. But I want want to share to you, there's a a religious uh, idea of God that kind of spread in America. To give you an example of that, I've heard Christians over the years get so mad because the Ten Commandments were taken out of schools. Why would you ever want to put the Ten Commandments in your church or in a school? Do you know what the New Testament calls the Ten Commandments? The ministry of death. 
Hello. Welcome to Highway Church. That's what the Bible calls the Ten Commandments. The ministry of condemnation and death. Let's put it in the schools. I don't think so. What should we put in the schools? John 3, 16 and 17. John 1, 17. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. How about Romans 5, 17 in the schools? Right? Therefore, uh, through one man's transgression, condemnation came to all men, but through one man's act of righteousness. Uh, that's 16, I think. Uh, life came to all men. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of God's grace and the gift of his righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ. So you see how this quote-unquote what is thought of a Christian mentality is not really Christian? It's, for the most part, I'd say maybe in the last 150 years in America, the law has been preached. When people hear what I'm preaching, it's like, ah, what is this? It's the gospel. We don't preach. You know what the power of sin is? The law. So guess what? You put the law in schools, you know what you're going to have? Sin. Yeah, that's what the law does, right? It creates that temptation, and the flesh doesn't know what to do. I can't do that, so I'm going to do it, right? You put the grace of God in schools, you know what you'll have? Life abundantly. Righteousness. Righteousness comes through grace, not through the law. Oh, man, come on. Is that a shocker? So why is the church preaching law? Not all of them, but a lot of them. Because they don't know his character and nature. Here's his character and nature, Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all... See, young people, they don't want to hear it. And I don't blame them. I don't either. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. That's one, number one. Preaching the what? Not the law. The good news of the kingdom. What does the good news of the kingdom produce? Number three, healing. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. That is a summary of the character and nature and ministry of Jesus, and that's what we preach here at Highway Church. You want to see another one? Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching, number one, in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. How about another one? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Remember Hebrews 1.3? He's the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature. Here is God's nature in Jesus of Nazareth, right? Am I making that up? Is this some new doctrine that I came up with? It's just Jesus. See, the simple truth might seem like new to you or foreign if you don't know him. You might know about him, but do you know his nature? You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power to do what? How he went about doing what? 
good. Because God is good. He's never bad. He never does bad. He can't. He's good. I know that might not agree with a lot of theology out there, but it's true anyway. He went about doing good and healing all. Seems like healing's a priority to him. I don't know if I understand English at all. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So where does oppression come from? The devil. For God was with Jesus. He wasn't with the devil. God and the devil never worked together. They have nothing to do with one another. God doesn't need him. He doesn't consult with him. He doesn't uh, put out a contract with him to help someone, teach someone something. Never would he do something like that. Would you do that as a parent with your child? Right? Hire a murderer and a thief to, to teach your child something? Why would we ever teach people in churches that God does this? See, if you'll just use a little common sense, be reasonable, you'll see that the, the, the man's religious doctrine is not in line with the nature of Jesus. Okay? We doing okay? Are we still on? Yeah. You guys haven't turned me off yet, have you? Okay. All right. All right, so where are we at here? Okay, so look at this. This is so good. So where Jesus is, there's teaching, there's preaching, and there's healing. Now, I'll give you another thing. You know, I just ministering to people over the years, just talking with people over the years. There's people who have heard what I'm sharing, that it's God's will to heal. But they'll say something like this, but it's not his time yet. What? When do you think his time is? It's now. Now is the time to be whole. Now is his time. There's no more waiting. Jesus was crucified. He was scourged. He went to hell and he defeated death and he rose on the third day. He sent to the Father. The Holy Spirit's come. Now is the time. Don't wait for your healing. Grab a hold of it now. Oh, well, this is going to be so good. Stay with me. Let's, I, I'm getting ahead a little bit here. Hallelujah. So let's talk about, so that's who we are. We recognize Jesus as the will of God in the flesh, and we're not moving from that, no matter what anyone says. We're staying with Jesus. Now, here's a biggie. This is, this is it, getting back to the sovereignty of God like we started at the beginning. Are you ready? Put your seatbelts on because this is going to be good. We are people who realize, listen closely. Everyone hear me? I want to make sure you're awake, right? Anyone need some coffee? No? Pinch yourself. We're awake because I want everyone to hear this. This is a shocker. Clear. Okay? Real, we are people who realize we cannot determine God's will for our lives based on what we've been through. We cannot determine the will of God for our lives based on our life experience. I know that's a shocker, but it's true. Let's get into the word about this, okay? We are living in a fallen world that's falling apart. Now, you want to know why we think a sunset's so pretty? We look around at the, the trees and mountains, we think they're pretty. Because we haven't seen what the world was really like before the fall. I mean, have you ever taken care of a lawn? 
I remember the first home we had, I did the Scots treatment, in-ground sprinklers. Man, that lawn just glowed green, you know? And then we moved away and we came back years later. I was like, oh, they didn't take care of it. But if you would see the earth as it was before the fall and you would look at it now, you would be horrified. We've got to think differently. We're living in a fallen world that's falling. We're not trying to preserve it. We want to get as many people into the kingdom as we can before he comes. But this thing's falling apart. It's not our home. We don't cherish it. It's not our mother. Okay? It's not. It's not. Don't you be thinking that way. The earth gave birth to no one. It's just the truth. I'm not trying to be offensive. All right? You need to know God as your father. Right? He's the author of life. The only reason that the earth produces anything is because he spoke to it with his word. The life came from him into the earth and out. All right? So because we're living in this fallen world, God's will doesn't happen automatically on the earth. And this is where people get really upset because they say, are you saying that God is not sovereign? No, I'm not saying that at all. There is a wrong understanding of God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty literally means, the word sovereign, if you'll study it, study it, it means above all. That's what it means. Is God sovereign? You bet. He is Adonai Yehovah, the sovereign Lord. He's above all. God's sovereignty does not mean that he's controlling everything. Oh, no. That's not the Bible at all. And I know there are very popular Christian books that teach that, that teach every accident, every sickness, every disease, everything you've been through is all a part of his plan. <laughs> Wrong. Not true. Jesus didn't teach that. We're going to look at it here. If you stay with me, we're going to look at Jesus because he's the one we look to to determine the will of God, not our past. Not what we've been through, as painful as it may have been. We've got to look to Jesus so we can have a new future and a new present. All right? Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. So Jesus' disciples asked him, said, teach us how to pray. I'll read verse 9. So Jesus said, in this manner. What does that mean, in this manner? In this way or according to my understanding. I want you to know the Father and pray to the Father in the way that I know Him, in this manner. He doesn't want us to write these words down and recite them over and over again. Oh, boy. He's communicating to us the nature of God. You can put this in whatever words you want. He's saying, I want you to know the Father like I know Him, in this manner, talk to Him, according to His nature. Because he's the will of God, right? Okay. He says, in this manner, know him like I know him, according to my understanding. See the Father as I see him. Therefore, pray our Father. Because religion doesn't know, help you to know God as Father. Or not a good Father, anyway. Our Father in heaven, hallowed. Uh, hallowed be your what? Now, what does that mean? Your name, your character, your nature. Your will. See, knowing the name of God is not going to help you unless you know his character and nature. 
That's why the sons of Sceva spoke the name of Jesus over demons and nothing happened. They didn't know God's character and nature. It's knowing his, his name is given to us so that we can know his nature. What does Jesus mean? Salvation. Wholeness. God saves now. Now's the time to be healed. Now's the time to be whole is what his name means. I know it hasn't been preached enough, but it's true anyway. So if you're waiting for God to heal you, take it now. Receive it now. So he said, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed, exalted be your character and nature in my life. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. Why would Jesus teach us to pray for God's will to be done on the earth if it happens automatically? Good question, Joseph. I'm glad I asked it. Because it doesn't happen automatically. Do you see that? He taught us to pray for it, to speak it over our lives. Why would we need to pray at all if God's will happens automatically? Come on, let's be real. If we're going to teach that, then let's really think about it. And if it happens automatically, well, then I don't need to pray. I don't need to study the scriptures. I don't need faith. His will is going to happen automatically. If we really believe that, then we better start living that, right? So basically, it doesn't matter what I say, think, or do, because it's going to happen automatically. That's kind of like the say la vie, or what is it? Que sera, sera. That's what I'm thinking of. Thank you. Yeah, whatever will be, will be. That's not Jesus. That's not Bible. See, if the people who teach us would just stop and think, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. If God's will always happens automatically, then we don't need to do anything. There's no need for faith. There's no need to renew our mind. There's no need to memorize the scriptures to study Jesus, right? Isn't that true? Is that, is that just basic, simple reasoning and logic? Sure it is, all right? So this idea that God's will automatically happens is man's religious tradition. It's a philosophy of man, and you're going to learn that's just not so by coming here. All right? The Father told Jesus to tell us Matthew 6.10. Didn't he say that? I only do what I see the Father doing. In other places, I only say what the Father says. Right? Jesus wanted to let us know that God's will doesn't happen automatically. You need to exalt his nature and character in your life and speak his will into your life. Because we're living on earth now. We want his will done here. All right? So God in his sovereignty, we're not disrespecting God by saying this, we're acknowledging his sovereignty by studying Jesus. Isn't Jesus the sovereign Lord? Right? So God in his sovereignty, he created us. Right? He created man in the image of God. What does that mean? We have a free will. We're free beings. I'm going to do something. Are you ready? What did I just do? I lifted up my arm. I moved it out to the side. I wiggled my fingers. Did God order me to do that and make me do that? No, he did not. I did that. Why? Because I wanted to. I can control my arm. I'm a free being. 
This isn't like the whiz, you know, the, the, the tin man, all those people. We're not puppets. We're not robots. We're people. We're made in the image of God. We can say and do whatever we want, whenever we want to. Isn't that true? God is not pulling strings, controlling you. We're not a fleet of robots, right, that are, are connected to some master computer. We were made in the image of God. See, it's, it's the opposite. By saying God's controlling everything, that's contrary to God's sovereignty. Because God has not revealed that. God taught us the opposite. God taught us that we're made in his image and we're free beings and he wants a relationship with us and that he wants us to exalt his character and his nature in our lives and pray for his will to be done in the earth. That's God's sovereignty. You see how backwards man's religion has gotten? That's why so many believers are so confused and struggling in life and, 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 and people going every which way. God is so good. If you come here regularly, and if you can't be here geographically or a different part of the country, if you'll listen to these messages regularly, I'm telling you, you will begin to know him in a very real way. And these things, that, the things that used to hold you back will fall off, and you'll enter into a new level of living that only Jesus can provide. That's what we're doing here. All right? So what happened? God made man in his own image. What did man do? The first man, Adam. Well, we don't know how long Adam was on earth before he put his faith in Satan. We don't know how much time passed. But at some point, Adam chose to believe the words of Satan to exalt, to hallow Satan rather than God, right? At some point he did. We don't know how long. But yet understand that when Adam did that, when he put his faith in the words of Satan, everything changed on the earth. Everything changed. Everything changed in man. Our bodies changed. Our mind changed, our spirits died, right? The earth, thorns and poisonous things, animals changed. Uh, the plants changed, the climate changed. You want to talk about climate change, there it is. The fall of man, that's when climate change happened. The real climate change. Yeah, I, I, I remember studying scientists say that the earth goes through heating and cooling cycles every 500 years. Yeah, see? Everything changed in the earth. It wasn't that way when it was initially created. So when Adam did that, I want you to understand this. Satan stole the sovereignty that God gave to man. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 5. We doing okay? Everyone all right? We awake? Need to do some jumping jacks or something? We okay? All right, let's look at this. Romans 5, 17. Speaking of sovereignty, are you ready for a ringer? A humdinger? This is the Weymouth translation, Romans 5.17, talking about the fall of man. It says, for if through the transgression of the one individual, who's that? Adam. Look at this. Boy, this is excellent. Death made use of Adam. Who's the author of death? Where's, where's death come from? Sin, Satan, right? Satan made use of Adam to what? Seize the sovereignty. Woo, I love the Bible when it's taught properly. Seize the sovereignty. All the more shall those who receive God's overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness reign. That's a sovereign word. goes with a king. Reign as kings. Kings are sovereign, right? In life, through the one individual, Jesus Christ. Now, God is the sovereign king. He's above all, right? But authority goes with sovereignty. 
It says that Satan stole or seized the sovereignty. Whose sovereignty did he steal? God's? <laughs> no one can take that. God never has had a rival. He's never had any competition. His throne has never been in danger. So he couldn't be talking about God. Who is he talking about? Man's sovereignty over what? Over the earth. Whoa! God gave man sovereignty over the earth. Wow! So Satan stole that, and guess what? He became the God of this world. Am I making that up? Let's look at the Scripture, 2 Corinthians 4. Verses 3 and 4, Satan became the God of this world the moment Adam hallowed him and submitted to him. He put himself under Satan's authority. He gave up his sovereignty. That's just a spiritual principle, right? You're a servant to the one you obey, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, but if our good news be hid, let's put that baby up there, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, if we've got it. If our good news be hid, boy, has it been hid. It is hid to them that are lost. I'm going to say something shocking here. Man. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. In whom the God of this world. Who's that? <laughs> you better believe it. Satan hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest, you got your seatbelts on, right? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image, he's the exact representation of God, Hebrews 1.3, should shine unto them. This verse is not only referring to those who don't know Christ. It's referring to those who believe in Christ, but the fullness of the gospel has been hid from them. Through wrong thinking. I don't know if you can see that. The God that hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. That doesn't necessarily mean those who, of course it means those who believe not that Jesus is the Christ. But in other words, if I believe God is, it's not God's will to heal me, that's hidden from me now. And I'm not going to experience healing. Because that's been hidden behind some wrong thinking. If I believe God's not, it's, well, he could heal, and when I go to heaven, I'll be healed, but now it's not time to be healed. Maybe a year from now, then I'm not going to experience it now. You see that? And that's, that's, that wrong thought came from somewhere. Maybe you just accepted that because of your experience, or maybe you heard a minister or a preacher say that, or maybe a friend told you that. But wrong thinking will hide you from the good news of what God has already done for you. Isn't that amazing? You see how free we are? That Jesus in all of his glory is available to us right now, but it can be hid from me if I don't think in line with his nature. This is amazing. So as a believer, your understanding can be darkened because of wrong thinking. Spiritual confusion. Boy, is it out there. Woo! I'm amazed. I, you know, I've been in the Lord for uh, almost 30 years, and the different churches I've been to, the different things they have written in their doctrine that are contrary to the ministry of Jesus, and they, they stamp it in their doctrine, and they proclaim it. That's a big one. One of them is it's not God's will to heal everybody. Okay? John 14, 30. I will no longer, this is, this is God talking, right? Jesus, 
Adonai Jehovah, the sovereign God, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. Who's he talking about? Satan, right? The ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Satan has nothing in Jesus. He has nothing in the Father. They have never and they will never work together. God doesn't need him. God doesn't want him. He doesn't use him. So if you have any thoughts in your head that God used a bad thing in your life or bad things or sickness to teach you, get them out of your head. It's not from the Father. Hallowed be his nature in your thinking. Hallowed be his name. Hallelujah. So we can't determine the will of God based on our life experience, but we must determine the will of God based on the person of Jesus. That's how we determine. So you're going to find as you start to learn this that you've been through a lot of stuff that were not God's will for you. So have I. I've been through a lot of stuff that God didn't want, nor did he allow. All right? Matthew chapter 11. Oh, this is the heart of it. But we, we got to get this out. So just hang in there. We're, we're going to, if you want to jump, you can jump. If you want to shout, you can shout. Matthew chapter 11. This is God talking, right? We're studying the person, and this is who we are at Highway Church. We study the person and ministry of Jesus to determine God's will for our lives, not what we've been through. And then you know what we do? As we grow strong and understand the will of God, we then take the will of God and we change our life experience. That's who we are here. Okay? But we, we, we realize that Satan is now under our feet. Sickness is under our feet. The flu is under our feet. I don't know when the last time was I had a flu shot. Maybe when I was a kid. I don't want them. Why? Because I've got the flu shot of the Holy Spirit flowing through every tissue of my body. There's no fear when it's flu season. When isn't it? I mean, it's always something season, right? That's fear. Flu's been defeated. Your health will skyrocket when you get a hold. Hallowed be your name. When you start hallowing his character and nature, your health is going to soar. Matthew eleven twelve. This is a sovereign, Adonai Yehovah talking. From the days of John the Baptist, that's in Jesus' day, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Until now, the kingdom of heaven has been what? Forcefully advancing. I thought God could do anything. I thought his will automatically happened. Forcefully advancing? And what? Forceful men lay hold of it? Let me ask you a question. Where was the kingdom of God, according to Jesus, forcefully advancing? In heaven or on earth? On the earth. Why forcefully? Because there's opposition to the will of God in the earth. Satan's the God of this world. He doesn't want you to experience God's will. He's trying to steal that from you. How does he do it? Thoughts, wrong thinking. He'll shoot a thought your way, and if you take that and start meditating on that, it changes your faith. He is a thief, and that's his primary way of stealing, to try and get you to believe things that are contrary to God's nature. Okay? 
So it's forcefully advancing because there's opposition to the will of God in the earth. Now, why do forceful men or forceful people lay hold of it? That's, that's a quite a term. Let me read it to you in the, H, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence. What? Are we seeing the sovereignty of God here now? We get a better understanding of how his will works and doesn't work? God didn't set it up so that he could do anything in the earth. He put things in place, and they're running. When it's his time to take over, you're not going to have any sickness, any disease, any crime, any sin, any confusion, any darkness. There's going to be a new heaven, new earth, and it's going to be more than we could ever dream of. But he's not in control now. He hasn't set it up that way. He gave it to us. The kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence. And look at this. And the violent. Are you violent? There's a good kind of violence, you know. Have been seizing it by force. I like this word force. I don't know how to say it in Greek. Harpazo or something. But it means to seize, to catch away, to take it up to pluck it, to pull, and to take by force. That's what you have to do with the will of God in your life. Because it's not going to happen automatically. If God is providing heal healing for you, you've got to seize it. You've got to take it, grab it, pull it by force. Say, that's mine. And no one's going to take this from me. You're seeing violence now, the good kind. Why? Because God is trying to keep it from me? No, Satan is. God's will's not going to fall on you like a ripe cherry off a tree. You've got to seize it, and you can't let anyone talk you out of it. I can't tell you how many times the devil's tried to talk me out of the health, the divine health that I've been walking in for 20 years. I can't tell you how many times he tried to talk me out of that. Thank God the Holy Spirit quickened me to remember what I already knew. And I said, no, 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 devil. No sickness. You have no right in my life. You've been whipped. You've been, it's, health is mine forevermore. I, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And you have nothing to say about it. You can do nothing about it because it is written with the stripes that wounded Jesus. Joseph has been healed. And so have you. There is a, a Holy Spirit violence that you will, will exercise when you realize what's really going on around here. That the devil's trying to steal from you. And you can't play with him. You can't talk with him. You can't negotiate with him. There's only one way to deal with the devil, and that's talk to the hand. You go no farther in my life. You're done. You're under my feet, and I am God's child. I'm his son, I'm his daughter, I'm a holy nation, I'm a chosen race, I'm a people that belong to him, and you have no authority in my life anymore, you're under my feet. And with the stripes of wounded Jesus, I have been healed. You have to be tough with your body. You have to tell your body it's healed. You do. It's like a pet or something. You got to train it. You got to say, body, you're healthy. Body, you're strong. Body, you're full of life. Knees, you're strong. Knees, you can jump. You can do all that you need to do. Oh, boy, I'm falling apart here. Oh, we still got sound there, Danny? 
Got to talk to your microphone, too. You got to do it. You got to take authority over it. Now, how do we fix this thing here? Hold on. I think I'm going to fix it. Just pause with me here. Is it still on? All right. We got to make these things for jumping. Huh? All right. I don't know if I'm going to get this back on. All right. Well, all right. So I'll just do this. How's that? Okay. I'm going to put this in my pocket here. Hello, everybody. Hey. <laughs> okay. Yeah, really. So it's by force. It's a different way of living. You don't let the devil walk over. Don't let sickness walk over you. It's been defeated. Ephesians 6.10, this is why it says, Finally, my brethren, be violent in the Lord. Be forceful in the Lord. Not to people, to the enemy. Darkness, sickness, poverty, lack, confusion, depression. Get violent with depression. Don't allow yourself to be depressed. You are not subject to it. I don't care if it's clinical or whatever they call it. You're not subject to it. You make up your mind. It will not have its way in me. I have the joy of the Lord 24-7. Depression, you're defeated in my life. No matter what man says, you've got to rise above the clinical and come into the glory of the kingdom and experience the life he's given you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, not in man's wisdom, not in man's tradition, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Boy, oh boy, we got to wind this up. God, you're so good. So this is what we do at Highway Church. Oh, I gotta, can I give you just a couple more scriptures? It'll help you so much. You're leaving here stronger today than when you came in. You know that? Look what Jesus did, Matthew chapter 10. This is God, right? Verse 1, he calls his 12 disciples to him, and he gives them authority to what? Drive out. I thought God's will happened automatically. No, you got to drive stuff out of your life that's not God's will, and sickness is one of them. You got to drive it out. You're the landlord now over this temple, and you determine what tenants you're going to have. And sickness is not allowed on my property, right? We're God's landlords in the earth. We drive out evil spirits. He gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Guess what? You have that same authority. But you can't exercise your authority if you don't know who you are. Right? You can't exercise your authority if you're unsure if it's his will. How are you going to take it by force if you don't know it belongs to you? That's why so many Christians talk to God before. Uh, in other words, they'll go to pray for someone who needs healing, but they'll be talking to God. Say, oh, Father, why are you talking to God when this person needs healing? Jesus didn't do that. Oh, boy. We're just going to have to go into scriptures a little bit here. Have you ever noticed when Jesus prays for someone who needs healing, he doesn't talk to his Father? He talks directly to the person and directly to the sickness. Whoa. 
So many people say, I've been praying for healing. I've been asking God to heal me, and I know I'm going to be healed. No, you're not. You're misunderstanding. God's already provided for you. You've got to take it by force. Not from him. He's given it freely. But you've got to take it from the enemy. If you're waiting for it, it's not going to happen. You've got to grab it, say it's mine. That's all there is to it. So look at this. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. See, so many people are asking God to do things that he's already done. And that he's already given us the authority to do. Because of wrong thinking and wrong teaching. Luke 4.38, here's a great example. Now Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him. So they came to him. Concerning him. So he didn't do this automatically. They came to him. Okay? So he says he stood over her. And said, oh, Father, if it be your will, you could heal this poor lady. He didn't talk to his father at all. Why? Because he knew the nature of his father. It was already settled in him. No need to talk to I know him. He's not the problem. The fever is the problem. So he stood over her and he rebuked the fever. And it left her. Because he speaks with authority. And you will too when you realize who you are. You have that same authority in you. And immediately she arose and served them. All right, we're going to end up. There's so much more, but we just don't have the time to do it. Wow. Father, thank you for your word this morning. We worship you. We thank you for new life in you. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us to be violent. The good news, abundant life, heal the sick, violent, Father. Not the negative uh, violence that, that brings destruction. but Our kind of violence brings life and healing. It sets the captives free. It opens blind eyes and makes the lame walk and the maimed whole and raises the dead. Thank you, Father, for teaching us, for quickening us and strengthening us this morning. We hallow your name. We exalt your character and your nature. And Father, we pray your will be done in our lives, in this earth, just as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet right now? I want to give you a chance to be violent, all right? If there's anything troubling you, you know, any physical issues... Or, you know, I had a testimony this week. Someone who comes to Highway Church said, hey, we want to call you and let you know we paid off our mortgage. Woo! I said, I said, hey, that's what we've been speaking. We've been speaking. She says, I know. That's why I'm calling you. They said, amen. So this authority is powerful. It applies to our finances as well. All right? In other words, lack, being without, lacking is not from him. God lacks nothing. Psalm 34 says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And God has that for you. All right? So whatever the situation is, if it's something physical on your body, or it's a, it's a, a situation where there is lack, we're going to speak to it right now. All right? We're going to be landlords for Jesus Christ. And we're going to take authority over it. All right? So let's first talk to our bodies, and then we'll talk to lack. Okay? So here you are. You're the landlord, right? Holy Spirit's living in here. Body, we take authority over you in the name of Jesus Christ. 
we declare that with the stripes that wounded Jesus, every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system is whole in Jesus' name. Body, you're whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You are the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. Sickness, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. Every condition, every sickness, every disease, all manner of sickness, all manner of disease, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you an eviction today. We say get out and never come back in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Take it now. Absolutely. And if it comes back and knocks on your door later this afternoon, you got the same response. Get out in Jesus' name. Get out. Because sometimes that will happen. Symptoms will come back and the enemy will say, See, you're not healed. No, get out. I'm not talking with you. Talk to the hand. Right? I go, I'm, Jesus is the will of God, not you. Right? All right. How about lack? Let's speak to lack. That could be in a relationship could be in your marriage, in your home, in your family, with your kids. Listen, God loves you. He loves your children. He loves your parents. And he wants everyone to know him. Right? So let's take a, let, let's speak, let's speak with authority to our lives. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak over our families. We say, God's will be done. Father, we thank you for reaching our parents. We thank you for reaching our children. We ask you, Father, surround them with faith and love. Surround them with faith and love that they would experience you in a very real way, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. See, now I was praying for others, right? You can't take authority over another person. You, you can pray for God to move in their life. That's a little bit different than we're praying for our own bodies. You understand that? All right, now we're going to speak to lack. In Jesus' name, lack, we rebuke you. You have nothing to do with us anymore. We've got a new covenant with God. God has met all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Lack be gone. We speak abundance. We speak the provision of God into every account, every checking account, every savings account, into every home, into every family. We speak abundance. We speak the provision of Jesus Christ in every situation, in every circumstance. In Jesus' name, amen. Overflow. The overflow. Overflowing. Overflowing. Jesus. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.